0: turn in your Bibles to Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6, we're going to start reading at verse 10. That's on page 979 of the small print few Bibles. And as you're turning there, um, with the new hymns, or usually with the hymns we're singing Sunday, try to put them On our church Facebook page, not that I'm a a big fan of Facebook, but uh, use it um, for the Lord's kingdom work, and there's a link. And so you can listen to uh, I Will Wait For You, uh, Psalm 130, and the words are there as well. And um, a way to prepare uh, for worship on Sundays, but as well, Sunday, Sunday afternoons or during the week just to, uh, to meditate on God's word, to praise him um, for his uh, steadfast love. But hear God's word, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. We'll be focusing on verse 18 this morning, but so that uh, we'll see it in context. Ephesians 6, verse 10. This is the word of God. Finally, finally, given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18, praying at all times in the Spirit, you also may know how I am and what I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Amen to this reading from God's holy, divinely inspired word, inerrant, infallible. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, Thank you that we can call you our Father. Thank you for your love for us in Christ. And uh, Lord, thank you as well for, for giving to us your word, uh, the sword of the Spirit. But Lord, we thank you as well that your, your word is not only a sword, but a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path, to lead us, to guide us in our walk of faith after Christ, By the power of your indwelling spirit, Lord, guide us by your word. Grow us in in our grace and knowledge and love for Jesus and in our our longing to seek your face in prayer. And uh, we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, think back uh, to the last time you tried to learn a new skill, a new sport, or a new Christian discipline, um, like new athletes at the gym or health club in January. You know, we soon, we start off strong, uh, but fall by the wayside. Uh, we make excuses for not practicing the musical instrument, I've been there, uh, for not walking three miles a day, too hot, too cold, too rainy. We uh, make excuses for, for not investing, making the time for, for reading God's words, seeking His face in prayer, with fairness, um, or, or my initial dedication and drive to develop a, a prayer life for that's what we'll be talking about this morning you know, can soon fail, you know, due to ignorance, inattention. Or just a lack of scriptural instruction, you know this morning we'll be zeroing in on that one verse of scripture there in ephesians chapter six, verse eighteen that that instructs all Christians as to how they can pray always you know to to whet your appetite, I came across this verse um, after the the Lord had um, brought this scripture to mind. Listen to what Dr. Sinclair Ferguson wrote about Ephesians 6.18. This is perhaps scripture's most comprehensive single sentence on how we are to pray. If we desire, if you and I desire to learn how to pray always, this is a great place to begin. With with this verse of scripture, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Here we see that God's word graciously instructs all Christians to pray always, even in gospel conflict. You know, what must we learn? What must Christians learn in praying always? You know, four truths in one verse. uh, There is to be a constancy in prayer, the character of prayer, challenges of prayer, and then uh, fourth, the communion of prayer. We begin with that, that first truth, a constancy in prayer. Trying to follow the phrases here in Ephesians 6.18. Praying at all times in the spirit. You're going to see that word all used frequently here. Four times in one verse. And that will be the framework uh, for our outline here. There is to be a constancy in, in prayer. You look at the context here, though, in uh, Ephesians 6. You know, if you've read through the book of Ephesians, great gospel verse, great in understanding, um, salvation by grace through faith in Christ, reformed uh, theology in, in a short, simple way, a little bit more plain than uh, Romans. Uh, but the book divides into two parts. First chapters 1 through 3, uh We are learning about gospel doctrine, and and then in chapters 4 through 6, what's our gospel duty? You know, how how should these gospel truths transform our our lives? Uh, If you've read through uh, Ephesians 6, a portion we read might, um, I would commend to you a, a book Three volumes, or the paperback is three volumes. The Christian in Complete Armor by William Gurnall. great, great book. Will feed your soul. But you know, Ephesians six, he, Paul begins that section there by saying, "Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might." How can we be strong in the Lord? Yes, gird ourselves with God's gospel armor but also with prayer. I'm going to read to you during the course of this message a few different translations so you can see the beauty of this verse. New American Standard translates uh, Ephesians 6.18 this way, With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petitions for all the saints prayer is not one of the pieces of the gospel armor john calvin put it this way having instructed the ephesians to put on their armor he now enjoins them to fight with prayer prayer is is that which unites each piece of this gospel armor we are always to be Praying to the Lord. It's vital to our growth and grace. Let's, again, just take this one phrase apart. First, praying. You know, present tense. You know, plural. You all keep on praying. You know, God's word calls Christians uh, to be constant in prayer. To praise him, plead for forgiveness, to bring our petitions before him. Always ending, I believe, with thanksgiving. Praying at all times, praying in every occasion. You know that that's a that's a huge umbrella, big tent. Not not just pray before you have surgery. Not just pray because um, you have a decision, big decision to make. Praying at all times, on every occasion, you know, don't ever neglect to pray in prosperity, adversity, sickness, health, joy, grief, and pain. You know, and here I'm, I'm preaching to myself. You know, don't be fair weather prayer warriors. You know, learn to pray in the storms of life. You know, think of Peter sinking in in the waves, walking on the water, and then he's sinking. What was his prayer? Good prayer to remember, Lord, save me. You know that the Lord heard that prayer. Did indeed save Peter. You know, pray even in the darkest prisons of life. You know, Acts sixteen. Verse 25, we read this about Paul and Silas, they're they're in prison, they're in Philippi. Acts 16, 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. You know, and what were Paul and Silas doing in prison? Praying and singing. You know, and I, I believe the order is important. You know, praying first, and then you can sing. And, and the Lord again heard and answered their prayers. I don't think they were even praying to be released, but God answered them. And uh, you read the rest of the story, that Philippian jailer and his family came to faith in Christ. You know, praying at all times and then praying in the Spirit. We're still on that truth of constancy and prayer, praying in the Spirit. What does that mean for us as as Presbyterians? That's a little bit shocking, surprising to us. It, it doesn't mean we, we have to pray in tongues. Don't misunderstand. You know, God's Holy Spirit helps us to pray in hard times. The Holy Spirit strengthens us in our weaknesses. You remember Romans 8, verse 26 and following. Romans 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. You know, the Holy Spirit, John Calvin put it this way, tempers our emotions. That's a good thing. We're we're overly distraught, overly anxious, overly angry. You know, the Holy Spirit tempers our emotions thought about it you know we we ought to be praying with the fruit of the spirit in mind you know galatians 5 fruit of the spirit love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness faithfulness self-control praying in the spirit you know when we study uh, the early church if you've read through the book of acts another great book of the bible to read through one of the chief marks of the of the church was prayer I won't cite all the instances just one acts 4 verse 31 acts 4 verse 31 and when they had prayed The place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. A sermon for another time, but uh, keep that in mind. We are to be constant in prayer. We didn't sing the hymn, sweet hour of prayer this morning. I'm always convicted when I sing that that, uh, song. You know, Scripture does not place a minimum or a maximum on our time spent for prayer. You know, don't, don't be a clock watcher. Don't set the alarm when you're praying, unless you have to be to work. Don't want to make you late for work, but then get up a little bit earlier. You know, God's Word here calls us to be constant, praying at all times in the Spirit. Secondly, the the character of prayer, with all prayer and supplication. So we're praying at all times in the Spirit. Now we are to be praying with all, all prayer and supplication, all prayer. You know, God's Word calls Christians to be praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer. I won't, uh, I won't uh, disturb the children, but Christy, you can remind them of this, Children's Catechism 105. You know, what is prayer? A simple scriptural definition, what is prayer? Prayer is asking God for the things that he has promised us in the Bible and giving thanks for what he has given prayer is asking god for the things he has promised in the bible and giving thanks for what he has given that's good for children it's good for us as adults you know in in humility we are coming into the presence of a holy god who loves us in christ we come with the help of his Holy Spirit, as we looked at last week. We come with lifted up hands, Psalm 134.2, but as well, lifted up hearts uh, before the Lord. We're not just going through the motions of prayer. It involves all of our being, heart, soul, mind, as we're praying to the Lord. It'll encourage you. As you read through the Bible, did a, a quick study you know about prayer if you 've got a Bible program, pray, praise, prayed, praying, you know humbling you know how often that is mentioned in the Bible. I'll give you a couple of examples. Abraham prayed genesis two thousand seventeen Moses prayed, exodus eight thirty Hannah prayed. You know, not just men, but women praying. You know, Hannah prayed. You know, there for Samuel, and uh, it's mentioned three or four or five times there. You know, how did Hannah begin her prayer? 1 Samuel one ten. You know, she was praying to the Lord for a child, for a son. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. But you... Flip ahead just a, a little bit, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 1, the Lord heard and answered that prayer. He gave her the son Samuel, the prophet Samuel, and she gave him back over to the Lord. We read this 1 Samuel 2 1, and Hannah prayed and said, My heart exults in the Lord. My strength is exalted in the Lord. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. That's the power of prayer in Hannah's life. David prayed. Jonah prayed. Yes, Jesus prayed. And if Jesus prayed, how much more do we need to pray? You know, all prayer and supplication. You know, God's word is not being redundant, repetitive here. You know, there there is a, um, you can distinguish the words, and yes, there is a difference. You know, prayer is the general term; supplication is, is a more specific word. You know, we we bring our petitions before the Lord, specific petitions. You know, our particular petition of faith. You know, Philippians speaks about prayer. And just to read one example of that, you know, prayer, petition, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, many of you I'm sure know this. Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Verse 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, God delights when we bring our supplications before him. You know, don't ever think, believe it's a lie of Satan to think God doesn't care about this in my life. You know, again, spiritual things, the things that, that you believe you have a scriptural foundation for bringing that supplication before the Lord. You know, don't hesitate. You know, that's a character of prayer. You know, in a Christian's prayer toolbox, we should include prayers of adoration, confession of sin, godly sorrow for sin, gladness for God's grace to us in Christ, even prayers where we plead for God's peace, power, and presence in Jesus. You know, the character of prayer with all prayer and supplication. One of the uh, books, commentaries I used in preparation for the sermon, Kent Hughes has an excellent commentary. Actually, it's a series of sermons on Ephesians, pastor of a college church there in Wheaton, Illinois, for a long time. But he mentioned uh, Pilgrim's Progress by Jonathan Bunyan. And he used this quote where Jonathan Bunyan where John Bunyan, excuse me, wrote about Christian and quote, all prayer. You know, and here, here's a quote from Pilgrim's Progress. Quote, About the midst of this valley, remember Christian headed towards the celestial city. About the midst of this valley I perceived the mouth of hell to be, and it stood also hard by the wayside. Now thought Christian, what shall I do? And ever and anon the flame and smoke would come out in such abundance with spars and hideous noises, things that care not for Christian sword, as did Apollyon before, that he was forced to put up his sword and betake himself to another weapon called all prayer. all prayer, you know the the character of prayer, what is all? prayer look like in our Christian pilgrimage you know there there is a scriptural depth to prayer you know, encouraged us before to, to use God's word as we pray keep your Bibles open you know pray God's promises back to him there should be a sincere devotion to daily prayer. You know, and as well, a desire to pray. Yeah, yes, it is a duty, a calling of God, but there ought to be that desire to to spend time with the Lord, to praise him, to thank him. Uh, and yes, to bring our prayers, all prayer and supplication before him. Ephesians 6.18 again, the, the challenges of prayer to that end Keep alert with all perseverance. Praying at all times with all prayer to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance. J.B. Phillips translates it this way. Pray at all times with every kind of spiritual prayer. Keeping alert and persistent as you pray for all of Christ, men and women. With this in view, what we've studied thus far, you know, keep alert. Literally, keep on staying alert. You know, don't slumber in your supplications. Preaching to myself there. You know, it's good to have coffee beforehand. Make sure you're, you're wide awake. You know, as you pray, you know, we don't want to fall asleep at the wheel while we're driving. You know, how much more should it be so when we're praying? You know, the God who has created us, redeemed us in Christ. You know, don't be distracted either as you pray. You know, turn off TV, radio. You know, turn off your your phone. Hide it. You know, hear the Lord's compassionate caution to Christians as we think about to that end, keep alert with all perseverance. Jesus warns us, cautions us as his disciples. You know, Luke chapter 21, verse 36, Luke 21, verse 36, you know, Jesus is preaching on the end times. And he tells his, his followers, his disciples, but stay awake. You know, keep on being alert at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. You know, that, that's a prayer, you know, a verse we can and should be praying. You know, Lord, keep me awake. You know, give me strength to escape. All these things. May I be found faithful, Lord, in, in these days of persecution, trial, tribulation, so that one day, by your grace, I may be able to stand before the Son of Man. You know, with all this in view, keep alert. And then back to Ephesians, still thinking of the challenge. It's a challenge to keep alert. But the second challenge there is with all perseverance. With all perseverance. You know, it's not a one-and-done prayer. You know, prayer is, again, quoting from Dr. Ferguson, a resolute determination to see something through to its conclusion. A resolute determination to see something through to its conclusion. It's an earnest entreaty, a persistent prayer. You know, why is it? It's the Lord's providential purpose to teach us to pray. It's not that the Lord doesn't hear or doesn't care, you know, but, but it's to to grow us in our faith and trust and love for Christ. You know, the King James in in Luke 11 uses a word, importunity. It's a great word, but it has the idea, you go back to the original, to pray with boldness, even to pray with shamelessness. You know, with the idea, God's going to get tired of me praying this. Go away. You, you just ask for this. You know, but, but we come shamelessly. Audacity. Persistence. You know, pray like Elijah. James chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. James 5. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently, or we could say perseveringly. He prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. You know, that's not meant to be the isolated incident. You know, that's a pattern for us. Pray like Elijah prayed, fervently. If you go back to verse 16, James 5, verse 16, Therefore confess your sins to one another, pray for one another that you may be healed, and then hear this, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working great power because we serve and worship a great god you know that that it's it's a challenge to pray like that you know here's an illustration uh, again a borrowed one oswald sanders might be familiar to a few Uh, He was the past director of what they called Overseas Missionary Fellowship, and before it was OMF, it was China Inland Mission. He said this about the challenge of perseverance in prayer, and I quote, The very fact that God lays a burden of prayer on our hearts and keeps us praying is prima facie evidence that he purposes to grant the answer. When asked if he really believed that two men for whose salvation he had prayed for for over 50 years would be converted, uh, Oswald Sanders said this about George Mueller. That might be another familiar name of Bristol, England. George Mueller said this, Do you think God would have kept me praying for all these years if he did not attend to save them? And here's the rest of the story. Both men were converted. One before George Mueller died, the other man shortly after. You know, persevere in in prayer. Prayers call for our steadfast spiritual alertness and purposeful perseverance. Pray for the salvation of lost family, and friends. I know that some of you as parents here are praying for prodigal children. Don't quit. Missionaries serving in in hard places, far from home. Think of James and Stephanie. They, They are in a hard place. Persevere in prayer for them and their children. Pray for our besetting sins. Oh, Lord, I guess I'm just going to have to live with this sin. No, Lord, take it away from me. May I hate this sin as you hate it. Pray for our church. I'll say it too. Pray for the next pastor, even now. Pray for the spread of the gospel here in Opelousas. Don't quit. Oh, I'm just going to give up here in Opelousas. No, Pray. But especially pray for the spread of the gospel. Changed hearts. Changed homes. Pray too for the readiness for our death. Or the imminent return of Christ. So it's a constancy of prayer. The character of prayer. The challenges of prayer. Finally the communion of prayer. The last part there of Ephesians 6 verse 18 making supplication there's that word making supplication for all the saints you know look again at at Ephesians 6 18 trust you have your Bible open you can bring your own Bible that way you can mark it up but you know, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. You know, who are the saints? Saints are our brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, here here at at Hope Church, you know, but brothers and sisters in Christ around the world. Ukraine, Haiti. North Korea, India, China, you know, Vietnam, you know, many we can be praying for. You know, praying, too, for our covenant children. You know, pray for them by name. That's part of supplication. Covenant children, our youth, pray for our young adults. Pray for our all men and women. Pray that they would resist temptation, repent of their sins where need be, rest in Christ for their salvation. You know, there there's a communion of prayer. We don't see that word communion there, but as we're praying for all the saints, the Lord draws us closer to one another, and more importantly, draws us closer to him. You know, that, that sweet communion, It's a, it's a little foretaste of heaven as we pray. Encourage you to pray as married couples, you know, to pray as families. You know, to for us to be praying as a body of believers, we do it at our, our session, deacons meetings, we do it Wednesday night. You're welcome to join us. Think of it this way no prayer, no Christian communion. You can ask me after the service today. You know, preacher, why are you preaching on prayer again? Looked at it last week, Psalm one thirty-four, verse two, Ephesians six eighteen. We'll be looking at it in Philippians. I'm preaching. You, you always begin with preaching to yourself. You know, I I need this. Be learning about prayer. I believe we all need it. What what it means to be praying always. May we all know our need for all prayer. May we learn to be praying with constancy, character, challenge, and the communion of prayer. Praying to our glorious Heavenly Father who graciously loves us in Christ given to us as Holy Spirit, how could we not but pray? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we, we thank you for this means of grace, of prayer. We make much of your word, and rightly so. We make much of the sacraments, Lord, Lord's Supper, baptism, and rightly so. But your word makes much of prayer. Lord, our our need for prayer. It's not our brother or our sister, but it's me, oh Lord, who's standing in the need of prayer. So Lord, may we be um, growing in our prayer life individually, in our marriages, in our homes, and as a church, Lord. May we do this Not only for for our good, Lord, our growth and grace, but ultimately for your glory. For you have chosen to use our humble prayers to accomplish your holy purposes. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.